So, my name's Scott Reichenbach. Um, this is uh, from Kalamazoo to Kathmandu, making the leap from training to missions. And uh, as I was typing this out when I wrote that first little line, I was like, I felt like I was the flight attendant on an airplane, just making sure you guys are on the right seat in the right plane, going in the right direction. And that's a lot about where I want to go with this talk. Um, for uh, the last seven years, I've been working with Samaritan's Purse World Medical Mission, coordinating the post-residency program, working and talking with a lot of uh, medical students and residents who want to go into missions, and just finding that a lot of the folks that are at the end of their training uh, aren't necessarily very well prepared for the journey that lies ahead. And so the goal here today is just to talk with you guys about you want to end up on the mission field, uh, you may not know where, uh, you may not be from Kalamazoo, and you may not want to go to Kathmandu, but uh, how do you get there, and what are some things that you can plan out now during medical school, during residency, that might uh, get you in a better place once you uh, finish and get ready to go to the mission field. So before I get started, I want to give a few disclaimers. Uh, the other night I did spend the night at a Holiday Inn Express, but I am not a doctor. Uh, and never played one on TV. My background is nursing. I did pediatric ICU for 11 years, uh, did the post-residency program, and now I'm back in uh, the recovery room at our local hospital. Uh, I have served with Mercy Ships and Samaritan's Purse, so that's where a lot of my stories are going to come from, uh, years of working with the post-residency program, currently on the board with the Christian Health Service Corps. But I uh, haven't been a long-term medical missionary anywhere, but have lived vicariously through 80-some uh, of our post-residents uh, who've made that transition. And my focus on, in this talk is going to be international missions. Um, there's certainly, and I'll throw in a little the the stateside stuff, uh, but my main focus is international missions. There's a tremendous need around the world for good, quality, compassionate Christian health care. And uh, when you look at some of the statistics and the number of people uh, who don't have access to care like we do in the U.S., it's uh, uh, quite depressing, to be honest. Uh, and the other point before we get started is uh, missionaries are human, and I love what she said last night about you know just ordinary men and women. And I think sometimes we hold up missionaries on this pedestal and... As we go through this, I got a little overwhelmed myself of all these ideas and things you can do. Uh, but really, it's people who are just willing to submit to God and what God has called you to do and being faithful to that call and going and serving. And so just to make that point from the outset that when you get to the mission field, you realize very quickly that we're all human and uh, still uh, battle with the flesh. But... Those are my disclaimers. As I was working on this, making the leap from uh, training to missions, uh, I like mnemonics, and so I had to come up with a fancy little mnemonic for this. So I'm, I'm working off leap here. So we're going to look at lessons, your education, some uh, advice, which is another big piece, and then it's P uh, cubed there. Um, but, or not cubed, what is that, three? Yeah, it is, but prayer, priorities, and promises uh, for this. So, as I said, I've worked with the, the post-residency program and uh, 
worked with a lot of, talked with a lot of young residents or medical students and said, and, and heard your journey. You know, we're busy. Um, yeah, we go to church, but we're not involved. I want to go do missions, but I'm not sharing my faith. And so there's some things that I want to talk about in this session. And if my technology will work, we're going to try and show a video here. Jessica Westerholm is a post-resident with World Medical Mission and our post-residency program in Nepal. We had a video team go out there, and this is her first week, uh, an interview with her during her first week at the hospital. Uh-oh. This did work before. I think I should have checked that again. Sorry. I see 
lot of faces, and I see people who are made in the image of God, and I see people who are hurting and broken, and who are not just maybe in their bodies, but also maybe in their spirits, and I see people that I have an opportunity to be Jesus to. So in that video, we heard you know, Jessica talk that since eighth grade, she was interested in medical missions. And we'll come back to Jessica because Jessica has done some things during her residency training that have really put her in a position to go. She finished training just this past June, and that, or actually, I'm sorry, a year ago June, and uh, was on the mission field within, within six months. Um, she came out of training without any debt. And uh, so it's possible. It's possible. Uh, But the thing, one of the things that, oops, jumping ahead. One of the things, and you'll hear it through, that missions and being a missionary is, uh, hey, Kathy, uh, is a a lifestyle that you need to live today. Not all of a sudden when you're done your training are you going to become a missionary. You need to be living it now in medical school, in, in residency, in nursing school, in your hospital, sharing your faith in Christ. I mean, it's, it's who you are. It's who we're called to be as believers. It's not a profession. It's, it's a lifestyle, and it's what, what God has called us to. Uh, each one of us, whether it's international or domestic, it's with our neighbors, we need, we need to be doing it. Uh, the, I don't know if you've picked up one of these, but uh, the conference has put together this very cool uh, brochure, but it, it takes you through some of the steps that I'll actually mention today as well for wherever you are, some ideas and things that you can be doing now to get you prepared for going overseas. But uh, as you saw, okay, so that's the lessons that we've learned through the post-residency program. So we'll move to the E in the education part. Uh, But I think there's probably a few of you here that are saying, well, there were a bunch that raised their hand and said you're in medical school. And one of the first questions we get a lot is, okay, I want to be a medical missionary. What specialty should I go into? First thing I want to say is do what God has gifted and talented you to do. Um, Man, if you like pediatrics and you like kids, go into pediatrics. If you like surgery, go into surgery. If it's if it's radiology, do radiology. There are mission hospitals today that have CT scanners. They're using ultrasound, x-ray. They need radiologists. If it's pathology, you can go to the mission field doing pathology. If it's being a pediatric cardiothoracic surgeon, the Lord will open up opportunities. He's gifted and skilled you. He has made you and created you uniquely to do his will. And so do it and, and trust him. And the other point I'd make is if you want to be a surgeon – Please don't go into family medicine and say, well, I'm going to be a surgeon, though. I'm going to go to the mission field, and I'm going to learn surgery. Um, you don't want to go into a hospital here in the U.S. and have your mom's surgeon come in and be like, well, I'm a family practice doc, but I'm going to learn how to take out her appendix today. Um, it, it, you, know, you wouldn't do it here. Please don't do it overseas. <laughs> Certainly, you may go as a family practice doc and be put in a situation where you are the only physician that can do uh, that has some medical training and you can do something to save someone's life. But don't go with the expectation that you're going to learn that specialty on the mission field uh, on the nationals that are there. It's, 
it's not right. Um, it puts a lot of mission organizations in a hard position when you call and say, I'm a family practice doc, but I want to, or I'm an internist and I want to go learn how to do C-sections. Um, you know, you're not really trained to do that. And uh, so go into the specialty. Main point is go into the specialty that you're interested in, that you do well in, and uh, God will God will use that. Trust him in that. So um, I'm very much a meat and potatoes guy, and this is going to be much more practical than theoretical. So first point is when in your training, um, and especially while you're in medical school, develop strong assessment skills. Uh, pay attention, because when you get to the mission field, you're not going to have the bells and whistles that you have here in the U.S. Um, they're probably a good 20, 30 years behind in some areas. And so although technology is moving and, and growing on the mission field as well, they're, they're going to be behind. Actually, we were just talking before about anesthesia and how today there's all the glide scopes and ultrasounds and lights and bells and whistles. A lot of places you're going to be intubating the old way. And so learn how to do that. Learn good assessment skills so that you can uh, practice good medicine without the labs, without the x-rays, without the scans. Uh, next thing that I'd recommend is a tropical medicine course. Um, certainly not everybody can, and two before I get going, not everybody can do this, and mission organizations and missionaries don't need every one of these things. But certainly if you're going to a place that you're going to see tropical disease and that's where you're going to be for a lifetime, invest in a course. Um, obviously the big one's Gorgas and Liverpool, but West Virginia has a good program. There's and a host of other programs, but... Be familiar with some of the diseases and illnesses that you're going to see because uh, it will be certainly a bit different when you get there. Broad training, medical school. Pay attention during all your uh, medical school uh, experiences. You're, when you're doing that OB rotation, you never know when you're going to get to the mission field and be called on to remember some of those things. Um, for... Uh, an ultrasound course is another great one. If you're a family practice doc, if you're an OBGYN, if you're a general surgeon, really any specialty ultrasound today, it's small, it's portable, it's relatively affordable, and it's a fantastic diagnostic tool. Uh, and cheap and easy and instantaneous. You can see what's going on. So I'd really recommend doing that. I Take a course in it. Take an elective month in, in that so that you can be familiar uh, when you get to the field. The other thing for, for surgeons, if you're going into general surgery, uh, take every chance you can do to, to take electives in, in plastics, uh, in orthopedics, in um, plastics, orthopedics, anesthesia, um, OBGYN. It just a broad training is going to be good when you, when you do surgery in the States, you're pretty much your abdomen. When you go on the mission field, it's the skin and its contents. So... You're going to need to know uh, a little bit broad uh, experience. And that's what Jessica was seeing. He saw these pictures of all the orthopedic injuries, the skin grafts that she was going to have to be doing, the neuro stuff that she was going to be dealing with. And um, it's, you may have to spend an extra year, talk to your program about staying on and doing a few months in some of these other specialties. But it's, it's good to get that experience. OB is another area. Um, we've had several post-residents, uh, females, go into OB, OBGYN, and they've gotten to the field and have decided then to come home to do a maternal medicine fellowship. 
on the mission field, you'll be dealing with sick moms, uh, moms that come in with malaria and other uh, illnesses that are also pregnant, and so that complicates your care. And so the other, one of the other points, one of them uh, was talking about there wasn't a pediatrician at her hospital. So she was delivering these sick babies, doing emergency sections, and then she had to switch hats and become the pediatrician in the neonatal ICU nurse. So uh, the challenges are great. Uh, your skills are going to be stretched and challenged. So, you know, even if you don't, like, man, i got to do this uh, rotation, pay attention, learn from it. Uh, God might need you to do that sometime along the way in your journey. For surgeons, one other quick technical point. Uh, and I just heard this in, in uh, August. The, the surgeon I was talking to said during residency, she always operated on the one side of the table and her attending was on the other. And if they were doing something bilaterally, he or she did that side while she did this side. But when she got to Mitchfield, she was the only person to do it. So she had to learn how to do things over here. And so as you get through your training, remember to just to ask your you're attending that, that might be there with you. Do you mind if I do the other side as well? Just so you can get comfortable working on the other side of the bed because you are going to be alone on the mission field. So uh, moving on, community health evangelism. Uh, I'd recommend taking the CHE courses. Those folks are here. When, when you're overseas, uh, a lot of the illnesses and diseases that you see are going to be easily treated at the community level. It's clean water, it's sanitation, it's basic hygiene that uh, really get a lot of people into trouble and force them into your, into your hospital. So having an understanding of that and being able to use that for the gospel, to go out and share Christ and uh, meet with people, develop relationships, get in homes, and really impact the community, both medically and spiritually. But the CHE courses are... Uh, Another great thing in all your free time. So Dave Stevens has just written this book, and I think it's out here. I would really recommend it. Um, got a copy last week and got a little bit through it, but he deals with a lot of these topics. But right away in the beginning of this book, Beyond Medicine, What Else You Need to Know to Be a Healthcare Missionary, um, he says that learning to practice medicine overseas was the easy part. Uh, he had been trained to continually learn about medicine, so that came naturally. The hard part was handing all the, handling all the non-medical responsibilities that were thrust upon him. And uh, you come out of your training well-trained to be a physician or to be a nurse, to be a physical therapist. But once you get to the mission field, there are going to be some other challenges, as Dave found in his career as well. One is management and business leadership, business and leadership. Wherever you go, you are going to be put in a position of leadership. It's just the nature of it. You're uh, highly educated, you're well-trained, and you're going to be looked to for leadership, whether it's leading a hospital or it's leading a department. Uh, even spouses, if there's any spouses here, you're going to be in charge of your house helpers, and you're going to have several house helpers coming into your house, cooking meals, helping you clean, helping you do laundry, and you need to know how to manage and lead and deal with uh, personality issues and personnel changes and things like that. So um, it, Dave Stevens has also written a leadership book. There's some books you can read. You don't necessarily need to go and get your MBA or something, but uh, just be aware that you are going to be put in some of those leadership issue, uh, positions that you may not have been during uh, 
residency. And as we talk about, one of the big things in missions is making your your hospital or your clinic sustainable. And the best way is to start empowering and pouring into the nationals that are there with you and to be able to take some of those leadership skills and, and pour them and invest them into uh, the nationals that are there is, is vitally important. The other thing is language. Uh, in the post two-year post-residency program, we really sort of wrestle with that because it's only a two-year program. How do we get you up to speed knowing the language? But language really is important. As you want to communicate the gospel, speak to people in their heart language, uh, you, it's the way to really communicate. Learn what the health needs are. Learn what their challenges are that they face in life and then be able to communicate clear health practices and giving out medications and things. If you can communicate with the folks, it will go a long way into sharing the gospel. Uh, then we'll, that leads into culture. Um, we are Americans. We're trained for American medicine or Western medicine. We have a Western mindset of the gospel. And you're going to the mission field to people who <laughs> see the world from a whole different aspect. And how health or how culture impacts their health is, is something to pay attention to. We use a lot of uh, catchphrases and things that people won't get. Uh, and just taking time to understand culture is big. And I have on the bottom CMDA's Orientation to Medical Missions Conference. They offer this weekend conference. Uh, I'd probably recommend that as you get closer to be to going overseas. But it's a great uh, it's a great conference. You'll sit there. They bring in uh, a cultural anthropologist to talk uh, quite broadly about cultural impact of health in the patients that you're seeing. This is something to keep in the back of your mind as you go and serve. That the culture and the worldview that we have as Westerners uh, is different when you get overseas. So. Yeah, keep that in mind. It certainly will impact the way we share the gospel. There's a lot of uh, storytelling, certainly in Africa. And as you ask history and physical, they'll tell you this long, big story to get to the point of what the problem is. And the same thing uh, with the gospel, just being able to uh, learn how to effectively share the gospel overseas, understanding their culture will be important. And Ethics. Uh, this is this has been a, a big challenge, I think, uh, especially as young physicians or nurses go to the mission field. The whole idea of decision making resources are limited in the mission hospitals. Typically, you may have a couple of ventilators, and you have a an older person come in who needs a ventilator, and you already have two patients on a ventilator. Does this person get the ventilator, and you take someone else off? Uh, antibiotics, blood, uh, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made that you're not uh, forced to make here in the U.S. because we have so many resources. But on the mission field, uh, that uh, decision-making and some of the ethical dilemmas can be a real challenge. Death and dying. Uh, talking to one of our a pediatrician that was uh, in Togo and in one week, she had five kids die. Uh, in her residency, she didn't have five kids die. And so, especially as a new physician or a new medical missionary, it causes some self-doubt. You know, is it me? Yeah, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? 
and uh, just dealing with those death and dying issues. And, you know, God is sovereign. God has called me here. God is healed throughout the Bible. Why isn't he doing it now? And just an understanding and knowledge of who God is uh, and uh, confidence in him and in your skills and uh, a willingness to look at illness and disease and going forward. But that's been a real challenge. Actually, just on Wednesday, I was with uh, Jim Folks. Um, to Africa with Love is his book. And he was telling the story about when they first got to the mission field. And it's not really healthcare related, but they got to the mission field and there was a lady in the community who was demon-possessed. And they were, the people were, the local community was getting ready to drag her out and stone her. But there were these new missionaries in town, so they brought Jim and Martha in. And you know, Jim and Martha had been preaching the God of the Bible, the God who cast out demons, who has power over over this world. And he said they went in just shaking in their boots. You know, what do we do? Is is God really going to show up here? And just you know, he's like, well, you read, and we were told, you know, you need to fast and pray, but they need to do something now, or they were going to kill this woman. And he said, they just started praying. And the lady said, there they go. They're leaving. And right there, he said, it was just unbelievable, just trusting God that he was going to show up and, and be there and, and be who he said he was. And really, that he was the God of the Bible still today. And it, it, it was just an unbelievable story. He's got lots of stories to Africa with love if you want to read some great missionary stories but that whole of putting yourself out there for God and saying hey God I'm here serving you and trusting him that he will show up and he will lead Mark 6 30 to 32 is just a great verse and please remember this when you get to the mission field after uh, Jesus and the disciples after they had fed the 5,000 Jesus says this then because so many people were or the Bible says this then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Uh, there you can see a lot of patients, a lot of people wanting you uh, to treat their illness or disease. But you've got to remember to um, take time away, spend time with the Lord, refresh and renew, connect with your families, and uh, yeah, take that Sabbath day rest. It, it's It's so key. But... Jesus did it. The disciples did it. He took his disciples away. Uh, we're not superhuman, so we need to continue to do that. Quickly, educational opportunities. Educational opportunities. Uh, take opportunity during medical school to go. It's really, it seems like it's becoming harder and harder, depending on what residency you go to, to go overseas. So. Uh, you can go with a mission organization. You can go with World Medical Mission as a resident. Uh, Global Health Outreach with Christian Medical and Dental Association. Summer Medical Institute uh, has a, a stateside thing at Esperanza in Philadelphia. InMed has a lot of opportunities for you to go. But take advantage of the time and maximize it. Go as long as you can. Uh, if you can go during your gap year and spend a year somewhere, that would be great. If you're going to go into surgical residency and your surgical program has a, a research year. See if you can use that research year to go and instead of doing research here, spend six months or a year at a mission hospital. The longer, the better. You really get a real picture of the challenges in life, and the longer you stay, the more you're able to do. 
certainly in medical school, uh, you're not fully trained, but when you go to the mission field, you'll be put in, uh, you'll have opportunities that you may not have had here, but, uh, but go. Uh, work alongside a career medical missionary. Man, this conference, again, I was saying this earlier, is great. There are so many medical missionaries that are here. Go to the booths, make connections, talk to people. Find people that are doing what you sort of dream about doing and ask them if you can come and work alongside them for a month and and really glean some of the years of experience and training that they have. It'll be invaluable. It'll Especially if you're in medical school, it'll help sharpen your focus uh, and give you an idea of, wow, what do I need with my electives during medical or during residency? So take opportunities and... Here, again, the SMIs in Philadelphia, they certainly don't need to be international. There are stateside things. You can get yourself in the inner city, uh, in the mountains of West Virginia and things, and see uh, some ways that uh, God can use those skills that you have. Another point I want to make is, is biblical education. Uh, you're going to spend four, eight, 12 years in training to go be a medical missionary, and you're not going to take a year to study the Bible, yet... Your page, all your patients are going to die, no matter how good of a doctor or nurse or whatever uh, you do. But you have the greatest gift in the gospel, in, in the message of salvation, which is the main reason we're going, which is the reason we're going. So take time to invest in this. Uh, it may not necessarily be a, a year of seminary or something, but Gordon Conwell, it's free, it's online can do at your own pace, even just an Old Testament overview, a New Testament overview, uh, Life of Christ, a discipleship course, a study in the Bible, uh, things like that that will prepare you to go and share your faith overseas. The Perspectives course is a great course on, on world missions. Uh, their website says, you will see how God has been moving, how the global church has responded, and what the greatest needs in world evangelism remain today. It isn't a class about mission, but a course on how every believer can be intimately woven into the story God, the story of God using his people to be a blessing to all the earth. It's offered like a college course one night a week. You meet for a few hours uh, for a semester, but a great course. Uh, the other point is if you're going to be a long-term medical missionary, you're going to go to the mission organization. They're going to have Bible requirements for you. So you might as well start incorporating them into your training now so that you're not at the end of your training and saying, wow, now how do I get a job and provide for my family while going to seminary? And if you can pick up a course uh, over a summer uh, while you're in your training, do it. Do it now. It'll, uh, you can start incorporating it into your practice, and you'll be better off in the end. Evangelism and discipleship. The sailing course or the METS course uh, are great ways to do it. And as I said earlier, you're going to be a missionary. You need to start incorporating it into your practice today, sharing with your patients. And I know we're in a culture and a society that may look down on it, but you have opportunities to pray with your patients, to just... uh, you know, it's reading applications for the post-residency program, hearing stories of the way people have done it. On nights on call, just going in and sitting with patients, praying with them on weekends. Uh, you may not be able to do it in your practice, uh, in your office or whatever, when you have a lot of patients to see. But these two courses just give you some great tips to, to help you share your faith in your, in your day-to-day practice.
Um, certainly can't talk about education without talking finances. It's a huge piece. As I said, Jessica Westerholm, going to the mission field without any debt. How did she do it? She lived missionally in Toronto for years. I mean, she talked about just praying that God would provide enough money to, for the heat bill. Um, she used public. She used public transportation. Uh, she she would teach CPR courses uh, just to make a, a few dollars. Uh, moonlight, you know, get a job. Uh, you're taking out debt that you have to pay. And uh, Proverbs talks about the, the borrower being a slave to the lender, and it really does and will impact where you go and how quickly you get to the mission field. I hear a lot of stories of people coming out of residency saying, well, you know, I'm going to work for the next five or ten years to pay off my debt, and then we'll go. problem is, by the time you get done residency, you have a couple kids, and in ten years down the road, your kids are now 10, 12, 14 then you're going to call and say, well, i got to raise, i got to work so my kids can go to college. And before you know it, your career has gone. Or you're 65 and then you have grandkids or something. And so there's always an excuse. So, uh, yeah, I, it's very hard. But do anything and everything you can to limit the amount of debt you have before you go to the field. Obviously, there's Project MedSend. If you don't know Project MedSend, check them out. Talk to those guys. It's an organization that will pay the student loans for you uh, of long-term medical missionaries uh, on, on a monthly basis as you serve. There are also a couple great government programs. Um, and they have an income-based repayment program, College Cost Reduction Act, uh, that you know if you work for 10 or 20 years with uh, a nonprofit organization, which are most mission organizations, they'll forgive your loan. And how long they're going to stay around or what they're going to be like in the future. Uh, but those Project MedSend and the government programs are great. But certainly think about what you're doing and how much money you're borrowing as you go along. Uh, one other bonus idea is work on living a balanced life. I wasn't sure where to put this in. But... Uh, you know, when you get to the mission, I hear often that you're so busy during medical school and residency. You know, you haven't been able to get involved in church, and you've just been going, going. Well, you, when you get to the mission field, you're going to be equally as busy. Uh, you're going to be serving in a resource-poor area. There's not going to be enough doctors or nurses, and you're going to constantly see patients. And if you haven't developed godly disciplines today to take time, to spend time in the Word to, to make church a priority and ministry a priority now, to make your family a priority now, it's not going to get any easier when you get to the mission field. So do that today. Um, I heard a story about Ernie's story from Tenwick Hospital, and some of the missionaries that have worked with him said, you knew where to find him every morning at 5 in the morning. He was on his knees in prayer. And need to do it now. You're busy, but, man, develop that habit of uh, spending time in prayer and with the Lord. And remember, your priorities, it needs to be God, family, and then ministry. Don't let that ministry jump in front of your family. Uh, prioritize with them. So often I think we get distracted and, well, another patient showed up, I need to see him. Well, the patient that just showed up has a tumor that they've had for three months. I think another day is probably not going to make too much of a difference. But you need to go home and see your kids. And actually, on my way up here, I was listening to David Jeremiah on the radio, and he was talking about one day trying to leave. 
and a guy came to the church and was like, I need to talk to Dr. David Jeremiah. And he told the guy flat out, there's five other pastors up here. They can talk with you. I'm leaving. And the guy's like, well, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to my son's basketball game. The guy's like, you're going to your son's basketball game over meeting with me. And he said, you know what? My son only has one dad. The church here, we have five other pastors that can meet with you. And so the, prioritize time with your family, uh, getting away with them, investing in, in the children that you have, your spouse, um, and Trust God with the rest uh, of your ministry, and he will use it. Um, okay, moving on. Advice. Okay, we're halfway through our leap here. But great missionary leaders, current and former medical missionaries, seek advice and ask questions. As I said earlier, there are a ton of them here. I mean, if you see some of these older guys around, ask them who they are, where they work, what they do. Chances are they're a medical missionary somewhere, and they'll tell you crazy stories. But ask them honest questions about the struggles they've had, about what you can be doing. Uh, you know, they're going to be retiring soon, and uh, they, they want you guys to come alongside and help them and, and be a part of the ministry they're doing. And uh, CMDA is here. Dave Stevens is here. I think we often look at some of these folks and have them on this pedestal, and they, I can't talk to them, but they're great people. They'll talk to you. They'll tell stories uh, and can be a real encouragement to you. Find a mentor. Uh, CMDA is, has a mentorship program. Get involved and find a mentor there uh, in your residency program. Uh, as, as medical students, find pre-med students, find residents, uh, and just continue to mentor each other, encourage each other towards this end goal of missions and stay on that track. It's so easy to get distracted. Uh, a mentor can be someone who can, can keep you on that path and encourage you. Uh, the whole idea of mission sending organizations. How do I know you come here and there's all these mission sending organizations? A couple things I'd tell you is your church pastoral staff, the church you're going to is probably a place that you align with theologically, uh, denominationally. Uh, you have a lot of the same beliefs. Talk to your church pastoral staff. Get to know them. Uh, if it's a big church like this, find the missionary person. And tell them what you want to do. You know, hey, I'm in medical school, and I, I really believe God's leading me to medical missions. What organizations do you think I would fit with? Chances are they're not going to know medical missions, but they'll at least give you some names of organizations that other missionaries in that church have gone with. And then the other, and then what you can do, and I'll skip ahead here, is go to the Project MedSend website. Chances are most of you are going to have debt, so Project MedSend is going to be a big deal. But to go out and have them pay your student loan, you need to be with one of their associate organizations. They have a list. There's about 800 mission organizations. They have a list of about 70 or 80 that they work with. So take those that your church has given you, look on this list at Project MedSend, and start narrowing down those options. And look at it today because don't show up at the end of your residency and decide, hey, I want to be a missionary and contact one of these. It's a longer process, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take some years and study and training. So Look at this list and begin asking questions. Fill out some of that initial inquiry. Come here. They're all here. And look at it like a job interview. Connect with them. See who you really connect with. What is their ministry? What is their vision with that organization? Where are they working medically? How many medical missionaries do they have? What are your options as you go overseas with them? And will they be able to support you? Uh, finding a mission organization is probably one of the most daunting pieces of of going to the mission field. 
uh, and, and now's chance to develop relationship. Man, if you're in medical school uh, and you're second year medical school, you can come to this conference for the next five years, essentially, if you're going into family medicine. And each year you develop a relationship. You're talking to the same people. Hopefully the same people will be back year after year. And it will be tremendous as you start to make that transition in, into missions. Uh, moving along. Prayer, priorities, and promises. Uh, the number one thing needs to be prayer. You need to be talking with the Lord, spending time in his word, and, and being still and listening to him and hearing what he's saying to you. And just pouring out your heart. Uh, we're all called to be missionaries. Has he called you to go overseas? And where is it? Uh, there's a lot of opportunities. And the only way is to seek our Father, talk to him, and let him lead us and guide us. And so spend time in prayer. Uh, the other piece to this is create a prayer team. Uh, as a missionary, you're going to need to create people, uh, gather people around you that will pray for you as you serve. Do it now. Um, you're in medical school. There's a lot of challenges before you. There's, you've got tests. You've got exams. You, uh, you've got clinical rotations. You're praying about what specialty. Gather people from your church to start praying with you. And then when you get to the end of residency and get ready to go to the field, you already got your prayer team together. You know, they've been walking with you the last seven years. Uh, you've got a step ahead. You've got people already investing in you. They'll also, you'll also be held accountable to them so that by the time you get to the middle of your residency and like, well, maybe not so much, they can be like, well, what happened, you know, and hold you accountable to that. But I'd, uh, I'd suggest gathering people around that will pray for you uh, today. Uh, the, uh, ooh, ooh. Uh, priorities. Um, and we, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, you know, it, making priority uh, with the Lord and with your family. And then these promises. Uh, there are some great promises in the Bible, and I hope a lot of you know that and have read through the Bible and have, have read some of these. But it's unbelievable. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? I, man, if we really believed who God is, that God is the God of the Old Testament that is taken these people and done these miraculous things. I don't get why we're so hesitant in going. Uh, you know, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also come along with us and graciously give us all things? Um, we need to trust him. Do we really trust him? I think that's really what the whole idea of missions comes down to. Medical missions is God big enough to take care of my needs. And we just need to, as, as Jessica said in that in that video, a kernel of wheat, you know, falls to the ground, it must die. We need to die, and we need to trust that God will lead us. And then this other one that uh, I think is very cool. Truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel, the gospel's a big piece there, um, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecution... Uh, and in the age to come, eternal life. I, if someone was offering you a million dollars, you'd do it. I mean, here is just the God of the universe, the God who says, who is who he says he is, has offered just an incredible, incredible blessing and promise to us. Uh, we need to be faithful to that. Uh, the other uh, 
verses that I like, Matthew 13, 44 and 45, and I don't have this on the screen, but the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, he had and he bought it. Uh, we have a tremendous treasure. Uh, God has sent his son to die for us so that we might live. And we need to tell the world about it. We need to be willing to sell all we have. To leave our father and mother or brother or sister and go and share this gospel message around the world. And medical missions is a great tool to do it. Um, people are hurting, people in need. You have skills and talents to be able to sit with them, minister with them and through them, through that. And so on that, I would encourage you to go. Be faithful to what God has done uh, in your life. Uh, go and share your testimony with the people you're working with and, and trust him and follow him. And it looks like I've got three minutes questions, anything that I didn't cover that I should have covered or mentioned or questions. But, yeah. I was just wondering, after her two-year stint the American Department, like, what the next step Yeah, the next step of that post-residency program is to go with a long-term sending agency. Basically, what that program does, it'll take you right out of residency, uh, connect you with a mission hospital that needs your specialty, that you align with, uh, with your church, and Samaritan's Person post-residency program will send you there. They'll pay you a small salary, uh, cover your room and board while you serve for two years alongside a medical missionary, and then they'll work with you to transition to a long-term sending agency, whether it's the sending agency that governs that hospital or another hospital or another organization. Um, in Nepal, it's United Mission to Nepal. So Jessica could stay on there. We could look, and she could launch off somewhere else. So, but... It's just over the years, we have World Medical Mission Samaritan's Purse has been working with mission hospitals around the world uh, for 30 years. And they have seen just the number of long-term medical missionaries decrease. Uh, the older generation's retiring. And uh, the younger generation isn't going to fill in the gap. And they realized a couple things. A lot of it's debt. So how could we address some of that? It's raise and support. And it's fine in a mission organization. So... Samaritan's Purse will pay you a salary so that you can raise, the support you raise can then go to pay your debt. Um, they work with 40 different mission hospitals around the world, so a mission organization isn't necessarily needed. We can we work with the other sending agencies to secund you, and uh, we know where the needs are. Um, we can send an email out and say, you know, this year we have, you know, three pediatricians and four family practice docs who needs them. And so then we can talk with you about, you know, what are the skills and talents you have and where can you go? So, and, and then the Christian Health Service Corps, which I'm now associated with, is sort of taking the back end of that as a long-term mission organization to say, you know, how can we work with these other organizations? You can come with the Christian Health Service Corps to any of these hospitals around the world. There's like 200 listed on their website that they can work and send you to. So just to try and help you navigate those waters of opportunities and where God's leading you. So, okay, it's 10 of, or it's, yeah, 10 of, you're free to go. I'll be here. I can answer questions, but thanks. Here, let me put this... 
Yeah, so it's on tape. So, But what you're saying in the back is there are, if you're going into family medicine, there's a lot of great Christian family medicine programs, as you mentioned, Via Christi and uh, In His Image, Valley Baptist, Ventura, that uh, self-regional, um, that have uh, Rick Domlin, Christ Community now has a family practice residency, Christian programs that will absolutely give you opportunity to go and serve overseas. So. Yep.